Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. To get us started today, I want to start by telling you a story, and it's specifically a college story. And so some of you are going, oh no, right? It's a college story, but I will tell you this. Uh, many of you know that I went to Taylor University. It is a Christian liberal arts college in the middle of a cornfield, so I don't really have very many crazy stories, all right? But this one is kind of interesting, all right? And so uh, I think it was about my junior year uh, at Taylor University. We were a bunch of guys. We were just hanging out in the dorm, right? Uh, the best floor on the planet. I hope some of my buddies are watching. Sammy, too. I love you. Um, and so we're sitting in the floor, and we're just hanging out, and uh, Typical today, guys were just kind of talking a little bit. And one of the guys, they were kind of making a comment about how much uh, water they drink every day. Like, they're like, man, I drink so much water every day. Like, I think I drink multiple gallons of water every single day. And they're like, shut up. You do not, right? You don't drink that much water, right? And he's like, no, seriously, man. Like, I think, like, there's times I can drink like a whole gallon in like 10 minutes. And like, no, you don't. You don't do that. And he's like, yeah, seriously, man. I think, you know what? I could probably drink a whole gallon of water in like 10 minutes and not pee for an hour. Again, it's college, right? So the guys in the, in the, in the conversation, they're like, challenge extended, right? Here we go. <laughs> so we, got, we gather all the guys in the, in the main common area, and we get a gallon of water, and the guy starts to chug. He's got 10 minutes, so he's taking his time a little bit. Um, how, many, how many of you know that your, your stomach only has certain capacity? So he got about halfway done, and things started to go awry. And he started feeling a little bad, so of course we grabbed the trash can and we put it over near him, and he just starts puking and puking and puking and puking to the point where we were like, what is going on? This is ever going to stop, right? But then he did the craziest thing ever. He then picked up the gallon of water and continued to drink again, right? Because the bet was he had to drink the whole gallon of water and not pee for an hour, so puking was never in the cards, <laughs> Right? So he's drinking and he's puking and he's drinking and he's puking. At one point he was hanging out the window. We were on the second floor and he's like puking all over all the, on the side of the building. Of course, it was just all water at that point, you know, all that. So now, so technically, right, technically he won the bet, right? So uh, college life, right? In the middle of a cornfield, there's nothing else better to do than drink, have these kind of challenges, all right? So I tell you that story. I know some of you probably wish I would have never told you that story uh, because I immediately thought of that story when I started to work on the teaching this week um, to that memory of, uh, and here's why, um, because we're told, right, all the time, right, by doctors, everybody, hey, drink water, drink water, drink more water. It's good for you. Drink more water, right? I don't know about you, but I hate water. I don't like water. I have to have something that has taste to it. So I, I, they have to tell me all the time, I drink pop and coffee. That's about it. That's how I do my life, right? And so they tell us this all the time, drink water, drink water, drink water. But um, the point I want to get at is even though we are told to drink lots of water, it's healthy for us, right? This story gives us a perspective of, right? Like too much water is not so good, right? Like even though it's good for us, too much water, right? It wasn't good for Brian. That was the guy, he was a, a short redheaded guy, right? Brian wasn't having a good time with all that water, Right? And so I want to use that as a springboard into our conversation today. And the truth is this, folks, too much of anything can sometimes be a not-so-good thing. 
Too much of anything can be a not so good thing. So too much overindulgence, overconsumption of liquid like Brian or food or sleep or things like screen time, social media, too much can be a not so good thing. And so here's where we're headed today. We're gonna dive into that idea that too much of a good thing can be a not so good thing, even if by itself it actually is a good thing. And so you may have already guessed it, but we're gonna talk about today something called, ready? Gluttony. Yay! Who's excited about this one? Right? Somebody was like, man, you're talking about gluttony after the pandemic. Are you kidding me right now? Like, but see, folks, I'm, uh, and this, this series we've been in has been, I think, really relevant to where we're living right now. And I think this particular talk, topic is an important one for us to talk about uh, and look at in our lives. Because, uh, you know, sometimes it's a stupid water bet thing, right? But sometimes, right, sometimes, I know at least it has been in my life, gluttony, overindulgence can have uh, a pretty serious grip on our lives, can it? Uh, like, it can, it can sometimes actually, maybe the, the way of saying it is it can master us sometimes, it says, uh, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 12, he says uh, something I think we all need to as well. It says, um, I have the right to do anything you say. So overindulgence is our choice, right? But he goes on to say, but not everything is beneficial. And then finally, this is the key. I will not be mastered by anything. I will not be mastered by anything. Folks, everything, not everything is beneficial, not everything is beneficial. And ultimately, we are not to be mastered by anything other than Jesus Christ himself. So this is a pretty important topic to discuss and look at in our lives. Actually, I want you to take a look at this verse. It's pretty, it's pretty serious. It's from Proverbs 23 too. It says, look at this. Put a knife to your throat if you are given to gluttony. Whoa. It's pretty serious stuff. Because I know this isn't uh, going to be like the, oh, it, it's kind of started out kind of fun. And all of a sudden, it's just a, whoosh, the bottom just dropped down and got real serious in here. I know this isn't like a super fun topic to talk about, but I think it's worth talking about, working on, figuring out in our lives. And ultimately, to live more uh, what is the fruit of the spirit of self-control. So I want you to hold that thought. That's where we're headed today. We're in a series here, and I mentioned it just a second ago, kind of alluded to it, called Breakthrough. Avoiding what's simply permissible and living free. And what we're doing in the series is we're discussing the six, six of the seven, what is known as the seven deadly sins, and uh, to see breakthrough, right? We want to see breakthrough. We want to avoid what is simply available to us in life and actually live free, right? And so we've talked about living free from anger and greed and laziness. And last week we took, took a look at envy. And today we're going to talk about living free from gluttony, from overindulgence, and hopefully, my, my hope is and my prayer for this as I've been putting this together this week was that we would see some life transformation as we walk out of here today. All right? And so let's take a look at our text for today. Again, it comes from Philippians chapter three. We're just a couple of verses. We're gonna start in verse 18. It says this, it says, for as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So the title of our talk today is gluttony. Too much of a good thing isn't a good thing. And what we're gonna 
explore and kind of dig deep into today is two reasons why overindulgence can be a dangerous dangerous path to be on and why we should really truly look at it in our lives. Finding freedom in walking in the other direction of overindulgence, opposite that. And so uh, that's where we're headed. But before we jump in too deep, I want to pause and pray. So if you would pray with me. So Lord Jesus, we uh, come to you this morning and we are just grateful that we have uh, gotten to be together, some of us in person, uh, the rest of us online. And God, we uh, do thank you, Lord, that um, the song that we sang was that, uh, God, those you set free are free indeed. And we are grateful, God, that you do a work that only you can do in us. And so, God, we pray now that as that same kind of power, God, would be in us this morning as we take a deeper look into this text, as we look at this idea of gluttony and overindulgence, God, that you would do something supernatural among us, God, not because of my words today, but solely because of the power of the Holy Spirit in us and in this place. Change us, God. That's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'll two points. If you want to take some notes, you can write these things down. First one is this. Overindulgence is dangerous because, number one, it's often a silent killer. Often is a silent killer. Back in the text, I see this as I was studying from Philippians 3.19. It says that their destiny is destruction. I underline that there. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. And so overindulgence clearly stated there as what? Their stomach, right? Being their God. That's what drives them. That's what drives them day to day. Gluttony, their future. What does it say? Their future is not so good, isn't it? Life is one of destruction. How many of you want to sign up for that life? I don't want to do that. I actually thought this week, though, uh, if we're really honest with ourselves, and again, I'm going to press on you a little bit this morning. I'll just tell you, warn you ahead of time. Press on me a little bit this morning as well. But uh, folks, that's like, I think think we do that, though. I think we sign up for that life, right? It's like like a, a car salesman that is actually honest with you, right? Because how many of you know car salesmen usually are not honest with you, right? A car salesman being honest with you, and you're looking at this car, and he's like, yeah, you know, uh, you know that one's got, like, maybe the transmission's maybe got about a good month on it. And then about 30, like, you're going to be at, like, day 32 of your 30-day warranty, right? And it's going to give out on you. Hey, you still want to buy it? Right? Nobody would want to buy that car, right? You wouldn't want to buy that car. I wouldn't want to buy that car. But can I be really honest with you this morning? Is that, folks, that's what we do in this life when it comes to overindulgence, isn't it? When we waste two hours of scrolling through Instagram or TikTok, we know we shouldn't do that, but we do and we indulge, right? Or we watch the entire Netflix series all day Saturday. We wake up and in our jammies all day. Oh, I'm the only one who does that, right? No. I was thinking this week, just a list of things, right? When we finance not just the cars, but the furniture, the wave runners, the TV, the stereo, and oh, the Disney vacation too, because you know, it's just a a once in a lifetime opportunity. A couple more, when we, uh, when we eat, you know, just one more slice. We go back for seconds when we're already full because it's just so good, right? That apple pie. We buy that latte Starbucks uh, when we know, we don't even know if we're gonna be able to make our rent payment. You know, we have one more drink, we smoke that cigarette, right? The list could go on and on and on. What we do, folks, when we do this, and you and I both, we're, we're, all, in the, we're all in the same boat in the midst of this in our life because we are bent towards sinful things, you and me right? What we do is we buy the car because it looks good. The car looks good. It looks good on the outside, but the transmission's going to fall out. 
And so we end up numb after scrolling and watching so long. Maybe even enter a little bit of depression. You ever been there? We get laid off and now we're drowning in debt and we don't know what we're going to do. I know a lot of people felt that in the pandemic. End up with heartburn, bad cholesterol, a heart attack, get evicted, have no idea what we did last night because we were so wasted. We get diagnosed with lung cancer because of the cigarettes. You see, we, we let desire for something override, our, override us and it masters us. And all it does is bring the silent killer. And the, and the thing is, is we know that this is not good, you and me. It, it's why many times we feel bad when we do these things, right? Uh, when we overindulge, our text actually tells us it's gonna happen. It says in verse 19, at the very end of that, it says their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Only shame is on the backside of this, folks. You know it, you felt it, I felt it. It's a silent killer. Overindulgence is dangerous. It's dangerous, I was thinking this week of, of uh, carbon monoxide and carbon monoxide poisoning. Some of you may know this, but carbon monoxide is uh, one of those gases that doesn't actually have an odor. And so you can't really tell if you have a carbon monoxide leak in your house unless you have what, right? Detectors, right? In your house. So the reality is you may go to bed one night and, and everything seems fine and you may literally not wake up because you have carbon monoxide leak and it's, and it's uh, like, it's that silent killer. I think we need the same, folks, when it comes to gluttony and overindulgence. Just like we need detectors in our house to detect carbon monoxide, we need detectors in our lives to detect overindulgence. Because just like the carbon monoxide poisoning, it can be a silent killer, so is overindulgence. We've got to have mechanisms to what I would call wake us up so that we're not gonna end up in utter destruction. Because I don't know about you, but it is easy for me to fall asleep when it comes to places, situations, circumstances where I can overindulge. I'm sure that's the same case for you. I can fall asleep, and the truth is, if we don't have these alarms, we don't put them in place, uh, we don't have our carbon monoxide detectors, our outcome, folks, our outcome is not, the outcome does not look good. We might survive, right, but we might not. And so you may be wondering, okay, Matt, well, what's my detector? What's my detector in regards to this? I actually have three of them for, for you this morning. You can write them down if you're taking notes. First one is this. Follow, read and follow the manual. Read and follow the manual. Um, I feel like I'm going to be a broken record, and I'm going to keep saying this and keep saying this and keep saying this, folks. The Bible is an alarm. Can I get an amen? amen. The Bible is an alarm. We have to read it. And I know you're like, oh, the pastor's saying he's got, it. yes, you have to read your Bible, folks. You have to. Uh, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that years ago, uh, I used to have this model that I would eat what I want so I could die happy. That was my model. And I, I lived that. And I, and I ate and I ate and I ate and I ate and I ate. And I was not a very, uh, I, was, I was overweight. But then I started to read the scripture and there's verses like this, 1 Corinthians chapter six, that says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? He's in me. Who you have, whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought at a price, Matt. Therefore, honor God with your body. And I read verses like that, and it was a wake-up alarm for me to go, whoa, 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 there's carbon monoxide going on here, Matt. You gotta wake up. 
And so eight years ago, I went on a weight loss journey. Some of you know this, and that in six months, I lost over 90 pounds. Yeah. And that's all God. That's all God. There's a picture. Yeah, can you put that picture back up? Yeah, that, that's a picture of me. I was not skinny back then. Um, and I tell you what, folks, I was awakened by the fact that this body is on loan to me. God has given me a loan. And guess what? I'm going to have to pay it back at the end, and I want to try to do my best with that. And you know what woke me up was the scripture. It was the Bible. It was my alarm. So that's the first one. Second thing is pursue holy conviction. You can write that down. Pursue holy conviction. Um, what I mean by this is this, is that not just talk to God. How many of you know when we pray, a lot of people like to talk to God, but not quite listen to God? I find myself doing that a lot. I talk to God a lot, but oftentimes I don't listen to God. So this is kind of the, the part of the, the teaching where it's like, hey, you know, when we pray, we ought to really just listen for holy conviction from the Holy Spirit who is in us. Do a daily exam. And it says in uh, Isaiah 30, uh, 21, it says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, or your ears will hear a voice behind you say, walk in this way, walk, uh, this is the way, walk in it. See, just like, just like a good parent who's parenting their kids or, or maybe you have a good boss who's leading their staff, right? God, folks, will correct us when we actually ask him, hey, where do I need to make some changes, God? He's a loving father and he will tell us those things, but we just have to ask him. Because how many of you have probably heard this before that God is a, God is a gentleman, he's not gonna force himself on us? If we ask, he will deliver. We gotta listen to his voice. So it's another alarm. We need to plug in. That's the second thing. Third thing is invite brutal honesty. Invite brutal honesty into your life. I actually found a good alarm for me is uh, to give certain people in my life full authority, full authority, not just a little bit, but full authority to call me out on stuff. To just say, you know what, to, to press through the awkward or not beat around the bush, but just be really blunt with me and say, hey, Matt, this is going to destroy you. You need to wake up. And I've been doing this for years, uh, and, and it's, it's been significantly helpful for me. Uh, and, and here's what I, how I got to this point. Proverbs 27, 6 says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. Wounds, listen to that, like it says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. So yes, it hurts a little bit when they do it. And I may not always agree with them wholeheartedly in the midst of that, but man, I tell you what, is over, over and over and over and over in my life, God has just woken me up from something I've fallen asleep to physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, financially. And so maybe that'll be a good alarm for you too. Invite, how many, <laughs> there are some people in the room I know, uh, this is not my notes, this is all free for you, by the way. Um, there's some people in the room, and maybe you're joining us online, that you will avoid conflict at all costs. I don't think that's healthy for your soul. Inviting brutal honesty into our lives, folks, it will actually sharpen us and make us more into the image that God wants us to get back to, his original creation. And so press through that. Invite somebody into your life to be brutally honest with you. So those, those are the three alarms. Read and follow the manual, pursue holy conviction, and invite brutal honesty. I think, folks, if we can do those things, you and I both, I'm, I'm not, I've had some wins in my life, but I need this more in my life. Um, if we do that, we'll be more on the right side of the silent killer of, of overindulgence. We will be more on that right side. I don't want you, but I want to be there. 
So that's the first thing. Overindulgence is dangerous because it often is a silent killer. Second thing, we're just going to kind of touch on this today. Overindulgence is dangerous because we can often forget our true identity. We can forget our true identity. Uh, I see this back in verses 20 and 21 of the text. And it says, but our citizenship is in heaven. I underlined that there. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, when overindulgence becomes our focus, we can forget our true identity. We, we lose sight of the end goal, if you will, right? Which ultimately is to be with the Father in heaven, which, by the way, is a much better place than this. A much, much better place than this. I was thinking this week of like, okay, where's the greatest place that I want to go? And I always think of like Hawaii with the white sand and the blue water. Y'all know it's better than that? Whatever you think in your mind, gosh, it's better than that. And we can lose sight of that's where our goal is. That's what we're going after. That's what we're shooting towards. Not this overindulgence moment, circumstance, situation. That's the goal. And we can lose sight of this identity. You know? And here's, the, here's what I want you to catch today, folks, is that we, if we are citizens of heaven, Yes, we're citizens of the United States, but we are citizens of heaven. First and foremost, if we made Jesus our Lord and Savior, that is where our citizenship lies way more, and way more and way above this citizenship here on this temporary place. I think it's easy to do, though. I'll just be honest with you. I think it's easy to lose sight of that in this life. Um, I was thinking this week about a couple of gentlemen some of you guys know I'm a huge Jimmy Fallon fan. I, get, I watch his clips in the morning when I get ready, laugh a little bit, you know, that kind of stuff. And so we had two gentlemen on a show just this last week uh, who literally just in the last week ha- have become U.S. citizens. I have their pictures uh, for you. One's John Oliver and Tan France. Um, and who they are doesn't really make a whole lot of difference. They're, they've got some funky things about their life or whatever. But, but I... I, I thought about those guys this week because it was revealed that during the, the interview that it took John over 10 years to become a U.S. citizen and Tan over 20 years, over 20 years to become a U.S. citizen. And I thought about how hard those guys had to work to become U.S. citizens and I most days don't even think about it. I don't, Right? Like, I think it's easy to do, right? Like, we, we, we go about our life, right? We, we, we do this, we do that, we worry about that, we get angry at our spouse or our boss or whatever, we do all these things, and we don't even think about the fact that we're living in the best country in the world. Yes, there's some problems right now, but we're living in the best country in the world. See, I think this can happen in our spiritual lives as well. We can forget day to day, folks, the bigger picture. Where our citizenship lies, we forget this big picture. And our text says in verse 19 that this is what we do, right? It says their mind is set on earthly things. Our, our minds can get set on the here and now, what is right in front of us, right? We can have these blinders on, can't we? And so in the journey, we lose sight and, we, um, and then we press into these, these places of overindulgence in our lives that ultimately, right, are just plain temporary. They're just plain temporary, right? In all reality, think about it, right? Like even with food, right? We all have to continue to eat, right? Three meals a day, don't we? Right? We have to continually do this process, right? I was thinking about we have to replace vehicles. I hate vehicles. Well, furniture, right? Other stuff that just kind of wears out. You know, sometimes we're like, oh, I just want, I, got, I, just, I want one more smoke break, right? The list can go on and on and on and on and on and on. These things that are just temporary and we will have to just keep doing things, right? Over and over and over and over, 
They're all temporary. And we need to make sure that these things are not or are not becoming idols in our life. Things that are, we're putting in front of God. That was kind of a churchy word, right? Idols are things that we put in front of God for temporary instead of the forever. If you don't know, putting, putting and keeping God as number one is super important in life. Super important. It says in Jonah chapter two, it says, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. Folks, when we press into overindulgence, we're pressing in, um, into more of what we desire rather than what's on God's desire for us. And the thing is, it's easy to do in this life. And so we have to work hard to, to press against that. I actually uh, read this quote this week that was, I don't have it up on the screen for you, but man, it, it stung on me a little bit. It says, gluttony worships overindulgence to feed our own self-love. Gluttony worships overindulgence to feed on our own self-love. See, that kind of hurts, but there's truth in that, isn't there? See, we put things in between us and God, and I'm gonna just tell you this morning, folks, that the reality is if we put stuff in between us and God, it's dangerous. Anything. It's dangerous. And so as I was pondering this, we're gonna kind of get ready to kind of close down here in just a minute, but as I was pondering this, I started to think about track and field. And some of you are going, what? Matt, where'd your brain going? Um, mostly because my son, Elijah, is, uh, he would have been running track season the last couple of months, but because of COVID-19, school got canceled and his, tra- his freshman track, track season was not able to happen. Um, and so he's starting to run at home now and all that kind of stuff. But I was thinking about track and I was thinking about the difference between a 400-meter race and the 400-meter hurdles, right? I was thinking about those two races, which both are generally short races, right? Um, but uh, they're the exact same distance, 400 meters, right? But as you can imagine, right, uh, the one with the hurdles, the runners are a little slower. Not by much, but they're a little slower, right? Because of the fact that there's these hurdles in the way, all right? And so I have a hurdle with me today. Because I thought, well, I'm going to be kind of cool and have a visual at church, right? And somebody said, are you going to try to jump over it? And I was like, no. Um, All right, so so here's what I was thinking, all right? Um, So all these hurdles, right, like... Uh, so they, they do the 400, 400 meter dash, right? And then they put all these hurdles up, right? And, uh, and then they, they do this and then, and then the runners are a little bit slower. And so I was thinking this week about it and it's not that much slower in regards to track, but, but I was thinking about how to apply that to our lives. And, and this is what I thought, folks. We can run our race a whole lot faster and more effectively if we don't have these things in front of us. If, if the hurdles are not in front of us, we, if the things are not between us and God, because I want to go towards all the things that God has for my life, and I want to take these things out of my way. I th- my hope is this morning is that you want to remove these hurdles in your life. And, and one of our uh, worship team was, was texting me this morning and was, was doing some prayer time this weekend and just felt like there's some breakthrough. Like we've been, this, t- this title of the series is called Breakthrough, right? That today there might be some breakthrough this morning. For some of you, you're going to knock down your hurdles this morning. I'm getting a little riled up this morning because I think God wants to do something among us today. Some of you might walk out of here with a hurdle literally blown up and gone forever out of your life. How cool would that be, right? We, again, man, gosh, I feel like we see this all the time here at Cornerstone, but when we come here this morning, uh, we don't come here just to say, hey, we checked off church and we're good and whatever. We come for an experience with the Holy God. And right now, there's some of you this morning that you're gonna knock your hurdles down this morning. 
and you're going to get them out of your way and it will change your life forever. It'll change your life forever. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.